Josh said, my name is Adam. Uh, continuing with different elders preaching, so it could be short today. I'm trying to make it too short, but I'm sure the people in the nursery won't mind. Uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to be talking about hospitality. Um, it's something that's been in my heart for a while. Uh, I, think, uh, I think our church has been obedient in, in addressing it, and I think we've come a long way, but I still think we have a ways to go. Um, and so I, I think the theme of it fits well with where we've been for summer community groups. If you've been a part of those, uh, we've been talking about creating margin in our lives. Uh, margin being just uh, as, as it relates to our time, our money, our spiritual gifts. So it's just not maxing out every area of those lives so, uh, that we're not able to give back to others. And so I think it, it fits well with where we've been in community groups. Um, as it comes to hospitality, uh, a lot of times people think it might just be entertaining guests. Whenever we hear hospitality and, you know, I know like hotels and stuff use a lot, but uh, kind of a, a general understanding of it is people kind of use it uh, when we're talking about entertaining guests, but whenever we look at the, a biblical approach of it, it goes much further than that. It goes, although entertaining guests is a part of it, it, go, it goes further than just that. It, uh, hospitality is basically treating others as family. Now I'm going to be using others, I'm going to be using strangers, uh, don't think of, like, stranger danger whenever I say stranger. Think of people that don't have a sense of community yet. I think, you know, if, so I think that's, that, that's key that if I say others, strangers, it's those without a sense of community, those without a sense of belonging. Uh, and we're going to talk about why it's important. But the basic reason why it's important is because it's a call to all believers. Uh, and, I, and we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but I'm going to be covering four points to hospitality, and the majority of it's going to be from Luke 10. 25 through 37, so if you want to turn there, if you have a Bible, great. If not, Nate's going to pop it up on the screen. Um, Luke 10, 25 through 37, we're going to be going through the Good Samaritan. Um, I'll go ahead and read through it, and then, uh, and then we'll kind of break it down. And uh, So I, I'm excited about it. All right, so Luke 10, 25. Uh, and behold, all right, so Jesus right here, Jesus is uh, you know, talking to a group of Jews uh, and, he, and he's about to t- tell a parable. A question gets asked, and he's about to tell a parable. Uh, and behold, a lawyer uh, stood up to put, him, put, to put him, being Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit inter- eternal life? He said to him, what is, written, r- what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he, he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, desiring, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from, from Jerusalem to Jericho, uh, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him uh, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii, denari, however you pronounce it, and gave him to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, 
uh, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Um, so like I said, uh, I'm going to go through four points. We'll go ahead and start with verse 29. Um, point number one is that hospitality is a call for everyone towards everyone. Hospitality is a call for everyone towards everyone. Look at verse 29 again. Uh, but he, desiring to just, justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Uh, I th- you know, we can see by his question saying, well, who is, you know, it says to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, well, who is my neighbor? We can see that the, the, the lawyer or the expert of the law wasn't really trying to be taught by Jesus. He was trying to say, all right, who's my neighbor? Well, if you're telling me this is my neighbor, then I'm going to exclude others as non-neighbors, and therefore not having to have any responsibility um, when dealing with them. And so I think, uh, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, the way Jewish life was back then, um, you, you kind of had, you know, a core with, like, different rings going out uh, from it. You know, uh, a Jewish family would be, like, the, the center of, 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 a, of a, a Jewish uh, core. And, and then from there, it kind of branched out. It, it'd be, like, the family. And then it might be the, the uh, extended family, then those in close community. And then, uh, to a point, outside of Jews, they, they just kind of took care of themselves. It was kind of, you know, forget everybody else. We're going to take care of ourselves. And so that was kind of the norm back then. And so that was part of the, you know, well, who's my neighbor? It was kind of understood outside of that ring, you know, everybody else, it's, it's, it's whoever. Um, so it's important to see this question, see the question that the lawyer asked, and then, and then for us to search our hearts, uh, to, to say, all right, you know, whenever we hear stuff like love your neighbor, are we subconsciously asking ourselves, well, you know, who is our neighbor? Who, 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 who do I exclude? I know we don't do that consciously, but I think there are points in our lives to where we say, all right, that, they're probably talking about this group of people, but there's no way I need to be a neighbor to, to, the, to this group of people. I, there's no way I'm called to love this group, whether it be enemies or, or, or whatever. And so that, that's something that we need to ask that, our, you know, human, our, our human nature, uh, our, our flesh, and what I mean by our flesh, is everything about us that wants to bring everything back to self-centeredness. And so whenever I say our flesh likes to create boundaries, our flesh likes the black and whites, the, the do's and don'ts. You know, uh, I think it's, it's a dangerous thing to do whenever we're, whenever we're uh, as our call to hospitality is, is for everyone. Um, so anyway, I thought that was a, a very important thing to, to focus on, on, on why he asked, well, who's my neighbor? Um, let's go to verses 30 through 33. Jesus, Jesus replied, a man was going uh, down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Get a drink of water. Okay. All right, so we see in this, uh, in this, uh, in this parable that Jesus uses three, three different people to, to illustrate his point. The first being the priest. And so Jesus was trying to, trying to communicate that the most likely person to help a guy out that was just beat up and, and, and left, uh, left alone would be a priest. That was part of his calling was to, to care for others. And so and, and I'll go ahead and hit the side note on calling. Whenever I talk about calling as believers, there are specific callings, and then there's a general calling. 
And what I mean by a specific calling is um, those that are called to maybe a certain occupation. You know, be a teacher, a lawyer, business person, uh, a missionary. Um, those are specific callings. But whenever I talk about general callings, those are, are, are callings to be Christ-like. Um, those that we all have in common as followers of Christ. Um, that could be the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As believers, believers those are callings for everybody. And so I want to make that side note because I'm going to connect some of those points in a little bit. But um, so, uh, so yeah, the priest, the most likely candidate to help the guy out. Move on to the Levite. He's another likely candidate. You know, he, he was a part of the clergy um, with the priest. So he had a lot of the same responsibilities uh, to care for people as the priest did. Um, but we saw that he also moved to the other side of the road and was not willing to help the guy out. Um, the Samaritan, the guy who actually, actually helped him out, um, Samaritan and Jews back then, it was culturally unacceptable for them to, to you know, what I have, uh, for them to associate, much less for, the, it'd be unthinkable for them to help each other out. So it, it's not the cultural norm for them to even associate, much less it was just completely unthinkable, completely unheard of for, for one of them to help each other out. Uh, so we see this, uh, you know, going back to the example of, you know, uh, I've got an I've got example here. I didn't realize we didn't have PowerPoint, so it's not going to have the cool effects. But, Nate, can you pop that up there? All right. So, so, th- all right. so this is, this, this, I'm going to go through a little football example of how it helps me, you know, go back to point number one, that hospitality is a call for everybody. So, Lucy and I are on the Friday Night Lights kick. We're about midway through the third season. So, you'll see that's my illustration. That's a little football formation. That's an offense right there. All right, we've got Matt Saracen at quarterback. Whatever he was quarterback. Uh, we've got Smash uh, as the running back, and then we have my brother as a down lineman. So I'll go ahead and explain what I'm talking about right here. Uh, I'll go through different responsibilities. A lineman, his job, his, his, the reason he get recruited, his strength, is to block. I mean, that is it. You know, they're kind of the, the unsung heroes. You know, not a lot of attention gets to them, but which John Ringo knows because he was a lineman back in the day. Um, but, but... Uh, their calling, their strength is blocking. You go to the quarterback, you know, throwing, you know, kind of leading the team. And then smash, uh, he's the running. His strength is running, you know, making cuts, all that good stuff. And then on the, on the, the, the corner X's, those are the wide receivers. Their calling, you know, their, their strength, the reason they got, the, they got recruited is to catch the ball, to run routes. Um, but we see in this example, what it would have done, if, if I realized we didn't have PowerPoint, is smash would have gone around, run basically to the sideline, and then cut up the field, Okay. So you see that wide receiver over there. His job, the reason why he got recruited, his strength is catching the ball. But there are times whenever the wide receiver gets called on to block, even though it's not his strength, even though it's not something he was recruited for. As a part of the offense, some, one of your general callings as a, uh, on the offense is to block. Everybody does it. You know, even the quarterback has times where they block, which is why Matt Sarrison's quarterback. But anyway, uh, so, uh, so that's that. Now, you see right there, if, if, if that wide receiver says, look, I'm not going to block. I got recruited to, to, to catch the ball. I'm going to leave it to the five linemen to block everybody in the whole field. That would wear the linemen flat out. You know, uh, the reason I put Matt up there is Matt, you know, he's my brother, so I know that. But he's one of those guys that you think of. If I asked you, who's good at hospitality? It would probably be, you know, Matt Iglesias, Amy Emmel, Megan Kelly, which, and that's completely, completely true. But us relying on them to be the hospital ones in the, as a body will wear them out. There are times when that, you know, ours, you know, whenever our spiritual gift might not be hospitality, we're still called to it. It's a general calling for everybody. 
And so that's what's neat about, you know, you see, you know, on ESPN, uh, uh, on a top 10 during football season, a lot of times they'll play a clip whenever a wide receiver makes a huge block because it just doesn't happen often. You don't see that selfless act in pro sports a lot of a, of a wide receiver going completely outside his giftings and, and doing what the general calling of the team is. And I think that happens, unfortunately, it's rare to see in the church as well for people to a, 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 uh, operate outside of maybe their, their specific callings and do, their, uh, and, and do a general calling like hospitality because a lot of times it's not comfortable. Um, so that's point number one, uh, is that hospitality is a call for everyone towards everyone. Um, all right, so point number two, uh, hospitality is a hard issue. Okay, um, let's see, hospitality is a hard issue. All right, so go to verse, we'll go to verse 33. We're going to hit, hit 33 a couple times. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Look at that word compassion right there. It started, with an, it started in, internally. It didn't say he felt obligated or he just felt bad for him uh, or he felt like it was something he should do. Um, he had compassion, and that, that's what moved him to action. That's what moved him to the next few verses. And I think that's important that we make that that distinction is that this isn't a call for everybody just to, hey, let's just be more hospitable because it's something that we should do as a church. We need to be moved internally. We need to move by compassion um, and let that um, dictate a lot of our actions. Because if we don't, uh, a lot of times we, we start doing things out of guilt. You know, if, we, if it's not love motivated, if it's not motiva- motivated by compassion, uh, we'll still start doing things out of guilt. And, 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 a lot, and whenever we do that, it'll be pretty easy to overcorrect. You know, it's easy to hear me say point one, uh, the point number one, that it's a call for everyone towards everyone. It's easy to overcorrect and say, all right, well then, like, I need to look at, it's my job to see every single person here, every single stranger, point them out, say how you're doing, invite them over for dinner. That's going to freak people out. You know, same thing at your, at your job or if you're out and about, you're going to see strangers everywhere. So it's a lot of times, you know, if, if, if you start doing it out of guilt, you're going to overcorrect, and that's not the point of it. But what I am saying is that we rely on the, we rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us. You know, as believers, we all have uh, the, the Holy Spirit in us. And so what that can look like is coming in the church before church, and you see somebody new sitting by themselves, and nobody's talking to them. And, and God brings your glance over that way. That's a real tangible that I believe the Holy Spirit works as a, as a church body and says, all right, you know, that's, that's probably the time that you go walk over there. Introduce yourself. Just, you know... Um, I'll, get, I'll get some uh, some other examples. Uh, a new person at work, uh, I think, uh, you know, again, God brings your glance their way. Go talk to them. Make them feel like they're a part. You know, it, it, it could be church, school, work, uh, anything like that. Or even a, a person at, at a checkout can- counter. If you're checking out at Walmart, you know, back back in the biblical days, hospitality was a big thing because there were a lot of people traveling. Uh, and so, uh, uh what they call a, a sojourner, or somebody would travel through a land that they didn't, didn't know anybody. So it was a big calling for Christians to, or you know, well, you know, whatever, to uh, to have them into their home um, and and to 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 feed them. And I think that's still a big call right now, which I'll get to about having people in your home and feeding them. But nowadays, uh, hospitality starts relationally. It starts like socially, just being out and about, smiling at people uh, at the checkout counter, to, to a- ask them how their day was, show show a true interest in them. Um, so point number two, I'll, I'll, point number four and point number two are very similar. I'll come back to that. But that's point number two is that hospitality is a hard issue. So point number one um, is that for everyone, towards everyone. Point number two is, is it's a hard issue. Uh, point number three is, uh, is hospitality pursues margin to be able to share generously. 
Say again, hospitality pursues margin to be able to share, share generously. Uh, you don't have to turn there. I think Nate's going to get it on the screen. Uh, Leviticus 19, uh, which is where we've been as a, uh, working through our community group. So this might look familiar to, uh, to you, but if not, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Leviticus 19, 9, 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall, not, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after you harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I'm the Lord your God. So we see right there, this is, this is where we've been. You know, when we talk about creating, creating margin in our lives, you know, talking about the field example, it's, you know, the, 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 far, the, the farmer who had their field, not to max out everything that they had at their field, not to go to the edges and, and get everything for themselves. It was to leave a portion of that so that people could come through, those that were in need. And I think that's important to, to realize in hospitality is that we need to be seeking margin. And, and you know, specifically as it relates to hospitality, uh, with, money, with our money and with our possessions, you know, and even more specifically talking about our homes and, and, and food, like feeding uh, uh, those that don't have a sense of community. And I'll get to that in a second, but it's also about time, you know, creating margin in our, in our time to be able to be hospitable towards others. Uh, verse 33, one more time, says, uh, going back to Luke 10, verse 33, um, says, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and we saw him, he had compassion. I think as he journeys, a, 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 an important point that they put in there, it didn't say that he was strolling around. Like, he had somewhere to go. He was on a trip, but yet he still created margin in his time to be able to be hospitable towards the guy that got beat up. Um, I, think that's, I think that's huge uh, for us uh, in, in a few ways. First being, as a church body. I think it's important whenever we come in here, on Sunday nights to, to make sure that we create margin in our time uh, for others. And the reason, there's some reasons how I, I know that we don't have hospitality down yet. And I've been guilty of every one of these I'm about to go through. Um, but as a church body, uh, when it, as it comes to time and not leaving margin in our lives over time, you know, uh, an example is when church is over, a lot of people jet out the doors, you know, as soon as it's over. Uh, whether it be to pick up your child from childcare, which is okay, I understand we have to be completely, you know, thoughtful to, for the nursery workers. But is that the main objective? Are, are we talking to people that might have new, uh, uh, to new people that might have kids in the nursery for the first time? Is, is that our main objective, is just going to get the child and going home? Is it, is it to go home, just to go home, get away? Is it to go get the best table at the restaurant? You know, that, that, that's, that's the way that I see the, the lack of margin in our time show up as a church body, is that we jet out uh, as, soon as, uh, as soon as church is over. Uh, another way I see it is that we have clumps of best friends that gather together when church is over and doesn't break up until uh, we end up leaving. I've been guilty of that. Uh, I, think th- I think that just shows that we, we, aren't, we aren't creating margin in our life as far as time goes uh, as a body. Uh, and one of the last things that, that I see we notice is that we still have lines of people waiting to talk to our staff. You know, a lot of times people, you know, we, we'll sit there and talk five or, t- I mean, wait five or ten minutes in line. Well, that could be just precious, precious time that we're going to somebody and, and, you know, introducing yourself, you know, ask them how's it going, make them feel like they're a part. Um, so those, those are a few tangible ways as a church body that I feel that we still have some uh, ways to go as it regard, relates to hospitality. Individually, uh, as far as individual lives, um, are there consistently times whenever opportunities pop up that you would love to help, but we didn't allow enough margin in there to be able to do, to do that as, as far as time goes? And a lot of this, is, if you're in com- the community groups, 
Some of this might be reviewed, but I think it's important to connect that to our hospitality. Um, so, uh, you know, something as simple as, you know, planning well so that, you know, in, in our daily lives to where, hey, maybe you can leave 15 minutes early to, to work every day to where something happens to pop up, you're able to meet that need. Uh, I think that's a tangible way to create marginal life is just planning well, you know. Um, don't get too wrapped, you know, I know scheduling can sometimes can be a little, people can get a little bit too compulsive with it, but I think it's a good thing uh, to plan well. All right, so that's, that's as far, that's um, going back to point three, that's pursuing uh, margin to be able to give generously with our time. Let's look at money and possessions. Verses 34 and 35. He went on to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he sat him on his own animal and brought him to the inn to take care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave, it, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Um, so the oil, wine, verse 34, where it talks about oil, wine, and the animal. Um, that, that's, that's talking about possessions. Uh, are we creating margin? Are we stewarding our possessions that we already have? You know, it could be our cars. You know, um, a car is a possession that could be put to great use um, for helping people out, helping bring in, bring in people to church if they don't have a ride. I think um, we do a pretty good job of that as a church. I think that's a, a huge strength that we have. But in our daily lives, are we doing that as well? Are we stewarding our possessions to, uh, for not just for our, you know, for our own personal benefit, but to benefit others? Uh, and then our money. Verse 35 talks about a denarii or denarii. Um, basically what that is, is it's, a, it's one day's wage. So he gave him, the innkeeper, two days wages. And so what I did is I looked at the U.S. Census Bureau to see what the average uh, uh, income was in America. And that breaks down to about, a, about $150 a day, before, before taxes, um, about $150 a day. So let's just go with that. Uh, he gave him $300. In today's dollars, that's about $300 in our dollars, dollars plus whatever it costed to stay at the end. We might be looking at four or $500 that he gave to a guy that was culturally unacceptable for him to even associate with him, much less help him out. That's a, that's a huge chunk of change. That's, 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 that's some great margin that he created in his life financially to be able to be hospitable towards that, the, the, the guy that got beat up. Um, so, you know, good questions to ask is, are we cutting the edges of our field in all areas uh, of our life as it re- relates to hospitality? Uh, you know, time, money. Uh, are we stewarding those that God brings in, or the strangers, you know, those without a sense of community? Are we stewarding those well? You know, we talk about as a church that nobody's here by accident. You know, God, ha- you know, planned for everybody in your seat to be here. So if we believe that, are we being responsible for those that, those that God intentionally brought into our, to our church body? Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's point number three, is that hospitality pursues margin to be able to give generously. Um, last point, uh, point number four, and, that connects, and point number four connects well with uh, point number two, is do all this with gratitude and joy because of Jesus' radical hospitality towards us. Do all this with gratitude and joy because of Jesus' ra- radical hospitality towards us. I'm going to go back to Leviticus 19, where we've been... Community groups, and I'm going to go down to verses 33 and 34. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as a native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. You, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So, so right here, uh, Moses is talking to Israelites saying, you, whenever you were in Egypt, you were enslaved. You were the outcast. You did not have a sense of family. So you need to remember what it was like whenever you were there because, you know, basically who, who better to be hospitable than you because you were there, you realize it. And so we jump to, you know, a few hundred years or whatever it was, whenever Jesus was addressing um, 
that, that group with the Good Samaritan, uh, he's basically saying, you know, well, let me go ahead and read the last part of that, of Luke 10. Um, let's see. All right, so verses 36 and 37. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, you go and do likewise. All right, so we, we jump to where Jesus was, uh, was, was addressing. He's basically saying, you've forgotten what it was like to be a neighbor. You know, this is a few hundred years later. Y'all, 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 y'all made it to something that wouldn't be as far as community. Y'all blocked off y'all's community to everybody else. Uh, you've forgotten what it was like to be a neighbor. You know, the, 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 the lawyer's question was an improper question. I hit that. He's saying, you know, who's my neighbor? The question is, how do we, how do we be a neighbor to those? And that's what, that's what Jesus basically reworded for them in, in, in the parable. Is he saying, this is how you be a neighbor? Because you've probably forgotten. You've been around your, 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 your group, and you've forgotten. I think you, you jump to us today. I think the same applies. That horizontally, and what I mean by horizontally is relationships that we have in this room, our friends, or, you know, human being to human being. Um, I think we've forgotten what it's like to not be included. You know, I, I know personally I struggle with that a lot of times that uh, I've been a part of this, the, the ring for, I don't know, 10, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. Um, and so it's hard for me to remember coming here for my first time and, and not belonging and not having a sense of community. Uh, you know, the same with, you know, our jobs. If we've been at our jobs for a while, have we forgotten what it's like to be, feel completely uh, not a part? And, uh, you know, schools and anything. So that's horizontally. Have we forgotten what it's like horizontally, uh, relationally, to not, to not feel a part? And I think another part that's, uh, that's important is vertically. What I mean by vertically is us and our relationship with God. Have we forgotten what it's like before we knew Jesus, before he saved us? I think that's a, a, a key, key question um, as it relates to hospitality is not forgetting what it's like um, to, to not be before we knew Jesus. You know, like I said, I, uh, I, I, you know, Jesus saved me a, a while back, so it's very, very easy for me to forget what it's like to not have a heart for those that don't know him. Um, so we, but we must be missional as it pertains to hospitality, um, both individually and as a church body. Um, so, so what now? You know, what, what do we do? And, you know, this, this can be an encouragement. You know, some people in here I know have a lot of strengths in hospitality. Great. Let this be an encouragement and, and, and press you forward. But, you know, what do, so what do we do if we're lacking hospitality? And, you know, going back to what Joel talked about a couple weeks ago, this isn't, um, you know, we talk about the guilt versus being convicted. Guilt, you know, don't let this, if this is kind of hitting you, don't let it drive you into guilt and focus on the past. Let it let, you know, just the love of Jesus and, like, just recognizing what he's done for us, let that push you forward. Uh, and so, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, you know, what do we need to do if we're lacking hospitality? I think we need to ask ourselves if, something, if there's something crucial that's missing, um, you know, in, in our lives. And I think it, it comes down to two things if we're lacking hospitality. One is that we, we, we've forgotten what it's like. We, we've forgotten what it's like both, you know, relationally and with, uh, with our relationships with God. We've forgotten what it's like to be a stranger, to be one that doesn't have a sense of community. And the second, that, that, come, and, you know, that basically comes down to a lack of compassion. And again, that, you know, as I started preparing for this, I was getting more and more challenged uh, you know, a, as I went through it. Um, so it comes down to those who have forgotten what we forgot what it's like, and then that might be because of it, there's a lack of compassion there. Um, and then the result of this is what we, I've talked about, you know, a lack of margin in our lives, uh, you know, maybe relying on those that have a, a spiritual gift in hospitality. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to pray. Uh, the band's going to come back up. And uh, 
just, just take some time. You know, I know in, in community groups a lot, we talk about uh, the next step. I think it's been a big common, uh, a common theme for this summer is, you know, what's, what's God's next step for you? A lot of times we say, well, I, I've tried hospitality. I, I've tried doing it. I've tried doing it. And I keep failing. Well, that's because we're not training. We, we, we do that try versus training from the good and beautiful God. Uh, what I mean by training is that we're not taking that next step. You know, it'd be like me saying, I keep on failing bench pressing 400 pounds. It, it's not going to happen if I keep trying. <laughs> well, that was a bit of an extreme example. I don't know if I could ever bench up. So we'll go, we'll go, we'll go 300, maybe 250. Uh, uh, you know, I, I can't do it, but I can train towards it. I can take that next step. I can start with 150 and then 160 and, and build from there. I think, I think a point now, you know, is to process it and ask God, what's our next step uh, in our pursuit for hospitality? Um, so I'm going to pray. Um, the band can come up, and we're going to do two songs. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Father God, uh, we just love you so much. Uh, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that it's because of what you did for us is that uh, it's how we know how to be hospi- hospitable. Hosp- hospitable. Um, we thank you so much that you have a plan for each one of our lives, Lord, that, that nothing is by accident, Lord. And, uh, so I pray that a- a- as we pursue hospitality in our lives that you would, you, would, you would change our hearts, Lord, that we would go and see, truly see the love that you have for us and let that motivate us towards hospitality, towards uh, having those without a sense of belonging uh, feel um, just a, a part of a community, Lord. Uh, we love you. I, I, I thank you for, uh, for this body, and I thank you for uh, what you constantly do in each one of our lives, Lord. I pray in your name. Amen. Um, before I go, I'm going to read. Uh, Josh did a, a series on hospitality a while back, and uh, he went through uh, uh, Ephesians 2, and I think it's such a beautiful picture. Uh, you know, for, for our next step, as far as if, if hospitality is a is a part is is an area that you struggle with. I'm gonna read out of Ephesians 2, uh, 12 through 13, and then 19. Uh, just go ahead and listen to it. Um, uh, Paul Paul's basically you know writing a letter to the church of Ephesus, and right here he's talking about being one with Christ, uh, and he's he's telling them, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope. Uh, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you once who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so verses 14 through 18, he's talking about, you know, how uh, Jesus dying on a cross has brought us back to God, has reconciled us to God, has put us in good standing with God. And then you jump to verse 19. It says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I'll read that one more time. So you then are no longer strangers and aliens, you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That's a beautiful picture in in, in taking that next step and realizing that, that the Lord has brought us into his house.